one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you were just to read Psalm 23, there's no doubt in my mind that there are many different passages or portions of the Scripture that would really get to your attention, if you would. You come to this portion of the psalm and you begin to look at it and you say, man, this is popping out, this is popping out. I want you to notice verse number 6, the Bible says this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to notice this statement, all the days of my life. You know, as you begin to think about life, life is something that isn't promised tomorrow. We find that in the book of James, that it's, a, it's a, an unsure thing. As you live today, you're not sure if tomorrow you'll be living. And what you do with your life is a decision that you get to make every single day. Are you going to live for Jesus or are you going to live selfishly for yourself? Are you going to live to gain the world or are you going to live for eternity in view? As you go to Psalm 90 this evening for just a few moments, I want to draw your attention to a couple of statements that are found in this psalm here that I know will be a help to you in understanding all that the Lord has for us this evening. In Psalm 90, you begin to see some things that begin to take place. And as you come to verse number 9, a, a familiar portion of Scripture, the Bible says, for all our days, not just some of our days, not just a few of our days, but it says, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength cut, or their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. As you come to these verses right here and you go to Psalm 23 and all the days of my life. Well, well, what are those days? We don't know how many days those are. We don't know what it will be. As you begin to think about that, you know, as I was sitting back just this week and I began to see all the tragic events that were taking place in Texas with the shooting in that elementary school, I began to think how many of those kids thought that they were going to go home? And we don't know what's going to take place tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what next week holds. We don't know what tonight holds. But as a child of God, I'm so grateful that as we read Psalm 23, we can see that there's a shepherd who does know. And there's a shepherd whose eyes are on us. And in verse number 9 of Psalm 90, it says, For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend, we use up, if you would, our years as a tale. Now a tale is something that is short. It's not long. There, there are tales that are told, and those tales are short. Our life is short. It's trying to help us to understand that, hey, you might think that you have this amount of years, but you don't know how much longer you have. And here's the question I have to ask you. What are you going to do with those years? Let's take it a step further. What are you going to do with the days? What are you going to do with the moments? What are you going to do with the seconds that you have right this very moment, not to affect and make a difference in your own life, but to affect eternity? To make a difference in eternity. As you continue reading on down, verse number 12 says, So teach us, make us to know, if you would, draw the attention to, help us to understand 
So teach us to number our days, to count those days, to prepare, if you would, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You know, tomorrow is not promised. As you begin to think about that and you come to Psalm 23, that statement, all the days of my life. I don't know about you, but the rest of the days of my life, I want to count for Jesus, as the teenagers say. At the end of my life, as Brother Lancaster was up here and he said, hey, you can find when I retire, when you find it in the obituary, that's what I want my life to be as well. I want my life to keep going until I just run out of steam and I'm done. Not because I chose to stop, but the Lord, he looked down and said, okay, it's time. It's time. I want you to watch this video for just a few moments. And Brother Sean, if you could cut those lights for a minute. I want you to listen to this video and It's eight minutes long, but I pray that it will be a help to you in understanding that every single one of us not only has a life, but ultimately, as you begin to think about your own life, what are you doing with that life? In this story right here, the statement is used, listen to the voice. And I wonder tonight, whose voice are you listening to? Because as Psalm 23 begins to deal with many things, one of the things that begins to run through my mind is the shepherd is trying to speak, trying to guide, And are we willing? I want you to listen to this video and watch it for just a moment. I'll be back here in just a second. Was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. The pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here. And I fly a small airplane, and I can take you in my little airplane, and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound... I said, gee, thank you so very, very much, but I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it, you got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it, and I thought... Well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up. And it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're going (laughs) to. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing, and it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing, and we flew probably three, four minutes, and something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me, and he said, we're going in the clouds, and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? (laughs) Now, it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds, and you can't see anything. And he looks at me, and his eyes roll back in his head. And he starts mumbling, and he passes out. Passed out cold. Now, I grabbed him, and I shook him, and I said, come on, you got to wake up so I can kill you. Now, we're in the clouds, flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there, and I handed him the microphone, and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up, and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. 
and somebody answered back, hello, hello, don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give me. I said, Tell, we don't know nothing. Tell them we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell them that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage emergency for you. An Anchorage emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice. Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand, without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm just my voice he said if you start watching the storm you will die but i'll take you through it now because they cleared all the traffic several pilots those nighttime freighters those 747 started talking to us they said we're praying for you men you're gonna make it but listen to the voice that's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices and everybody in this world wants to talk to you and everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm gonna line you up. He said, I'm gonna bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights, and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice, and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop, and the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head. 
and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room in about four in the morning. A knock at my door. And I opened the door and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through. A living sacrifice, holy. Memory foam was a big upgrade on old mattresses. For those aching backs, that's commercial for you. I don't know that I could think of a better illustration to get the point across. You see, we have a shepherd who, as you read Psalm 23, back up a few verses. You can back up to the very beginning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Again, we've we've already made reference to this. He he causes it to be so peaceful that you, you can't help but lay down. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You see, I think sometimes in our, in our life as, as Christians, we, we go through things and we go through storms and we go through problems and we forget that one statement right there. For thou art with me. You see, Psalm 23 is a psalm that meets the needs of every single one of us that's in this gymnasium tonight. It's a psalm that is more than just a psalm to, to comfort one who's just lost a loved one. If you've come tonight, you find that Psalm 23 is a psalm of companionship. As you see, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't know about you. I love my wife. I love my family. I love my church family. But the greatest companion I have is my Savior. I love the Lord and what He's done in my life and what He's doing in some of your life. I'm so thankful for that. If you've come and you're looking for for provision tonight, you'll find in this statement right here, I shall not want everything that you will ever need, God already has. He has the provision to, to provide for you and to provide for so many others. If you're looking for rest, the Bible says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Man, the rest that you find in Jesus Christ. If you're looking for direction, the Bible says He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. You're looking for restoration. He restoreth my soul. You're looking for courage. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's the courage that's not found in yourself. It's not the, the inner courage. It's the courage that you find in Jesus Christ. For Thou art with me. You're looking for comfort. That statement, for Thou art with me, Thy rod 
in thy staff they come from. You're looking for preparation. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You're looking for salvation. This very beginning statement. The Lord is my shepherd. You see, Psalm 23 is more than just a psalm that we read at a funeral. It's more than just a a psalm that we say, hey, this is an easy uh, psalm to memorize. Go ahead and memorize these six verses, and it means nothing to us. We just memorize it, but we don't comprehend all that that statement, the Lord is my shepherd, and all that it means is you walk through this psalm. You see, as as Brother David Gibbs was talking and sharing that, that story, he's talking about listening to the voice. He nails it because many of us are listening to every other voice but the Lord's. We're listening to the voice of those on the, 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 the stations on Fox News and CNN News and NBC or whatever news network you're listening to and it tells you just how bad the world's condition is and that there's no hope. I don't know about you, but every single time I open the Word of God, I find that hope might not be found in this world, but it's found in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but we listen to the voices of those who are negative all around us and saying, hey, you, you couldn't do that or you can't do that. I'm thankful that I was raised in a, in a home where my, my stepdad would look at me and say, hey, you can do those things, not in your own ability. But rest in the Lord. You know, I'm so grateful for Psalm 23 and all that it deals with. And as you begin to think about the needs that will be met, you say, oh, okay, well, yeah, there's some needs that are met here. Well, what else about Scripture deals with the needs that will be met? Well, Philippians 4.19 says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Psalm 84:11. for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Man, the provision of grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Isaiah 43, verse number 2, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Never shall the flame kindle upon thee. I don't know about you, but I serve a God who can provide every single need possible. I'm thankful for those times whenever I'm discouraged and all of a sudden the Word of God begins to encourage me. I'm thankful for those times whenever I have a need and I go to the Lord and say, Lord, I I have this need. You already knew the need before I knew it. And He provides the need. I'm thankful that whenever I have family members or friends or church members or co-workers or whatever the case might be in my own life and the, 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 the people that I have met that have been an influence in my life, whenever they have a need, I can take that to the Lord. And He says, oh, I'll take care of them. And I'm grateful to God that the Lord isn't going to look at me and say, hey, I can take care of their need or your need, but I can't take care of both. No, He's a God that can take care of all the needs. What a Savior. You say, you're telling me that That Psalm 20, there's so much in Psalm 23. You see, as the pilot was falling asleep and as the the lawyers were sitting there and the gentleman over the speaker says, you can't see me, but I can see you. That's our shepherd. Sometimes we don't know what's going on. We, we might even feel as though the Lord can't hear us and we might feel as though we're going through this alone, but that still small voice says, no, 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 you can't. I see you. 
He's kind of like a father who is standing back and watching his children. He's trying to see what they'll do, and he walks behind a tree, and he can see them, but they can't see, and they begin to frantically panic, wondering, where's Daddy? Where's Daddy? Daddy's always got his eyes on his children. You see, in Psalm 23, we see some things about our shepherd and what a wonderful shepherd he is. You see, one of the things that I'm so thankful about when it comes to the shepherd-sheep relationship and that statement, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want... And as the Lord drew my attention to this statement all the days of my life, I wonder, what am I going to do with the rest of the days of my life? As we were in Texas just a a couple of weeks ago, one of the preachers began to get up, and as he was preaching his message, I told him, I said, listen, I'm going to steal this message from you. I'm going to go and preach it sometime. I'll give you credit, but I will preach that because that that's, that, that is a message every church needs to hear. This is his message. Why I want to quit. Now, be honest, you don't have to raise your hand, but there's some Christians maybe in this gymnasium tonight. There's some Christians maybe watching online. There's some Christians in this nation right now and in this world who say, you know what, that's me. I want to quit. It's just too hard. It's difficult. And he began to, in Romans chapter number 7, begin to deliver a message on Romans 7 and all the reasons that he wants to quit. And he began to elaborate on all those things and why I want to quit. As he began to deliver Romans chapter number 7, and as he began to elaborate on all those things, he began to deal with his own personal life and all the many reasons, the pity parties that he will sometimes throw and and all the issues that he himself looks at and the problems that he looks at. And here were the reasons that he wanted to quit. He said there was a flaw within himself. That's just like us sometimes. We look at all the flaws in our lives and think everyone else has it made out. Can I share with you, there's not a perfect person in this auditorium tonight. We all have flaws. He went on and he said, not only is there a flaw, but there's a fight within. And he began to walk through Romans chapter number 7. He said, not only is there a fight, but there's a filth within me. He said, oh, there's not a, there's not a, a, a Christian that's worse than me. I'm throwing the pity party. All of the reasons that he said, you know what, I want to quit. Go with me to Romans chapter number 7 and Romans chapter number 8. Because he walked into Romans chapter number 8 and he says, I want to quit. And he said, there's a a flaw within me and there's a a fight within me. There's a filth within me. But he said, but I'm so glad that there's a chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. The message was very simple. I want to quit. The second half of the message was very simple as well. I can't quit. Here's the reasons. There's no condemnation. There's a control. The Lord begins to deal with us and bring us about. In verse number 4 of Romans chapter 8, at the very end, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And he said there's a calling. You see, every single one of us, sometimes if we're not careful, we, we get to that place where we say, oh, it's so bad, I want to quit. There's no hope. Until we begin to realize that we have a great shepherd. Who even in the midst of those sheep who have gone astray, even in the midst of those sheep who are struggling, and the, they're topped over like we talked about. He gently lifts them back up. The shepherd begins to care for that sheep. He says, hey, does he do it to all of them? Any of them that need it. As you come to Psalm 23, he says, All the days of my life, 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I began to ask that question, what am I going to do with the rest of the days of my life? As I began to think about my shepherd and what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, I began to be encouraged because of the companion we have in our shepherd. Can I encourage you of a couple things? He's never going to leave you, nor forsake you. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, at the very end, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. As you continue reading in Scripture in Matthew 28, verse number 20, we're familiar with this verse. Verse 19 and 20 is a, a great commandment here, and he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And notice what he says at the very end. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He's never going to forsake. He's never going to leave you. He's a, a wonderful shepherd. His love is unending. You begin to think about being unlovable. Every single one of us is unlovable. Romans chapter number 5, verse number 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You say, you mean that he, he sent his son to die on the cross even though he knew everything that I was going to do? Yes. That's how much he loves us. It's unending. John 15, verse number 13 and 14, who has made reference to this morning, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. Man, I love that statement. Ye are my friends. His love is unending. I believe our shepherd lifts us up. He listens to us. The Bible tells us in Psalm 4.3, But know that the Lord hath set him apart that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Psalm 34, verse number 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 18.6, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. What a shepherd. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we begin to limit Psalm 23 and we say, oh yeah, I could quote Psalm 23. And I go back to what Brother Lancaster said this morning, if we're not careful, the Bible sits in our laps, but it's not hid in our hearts. And I wonder if you really dug into Psalm 23 and said, man, not only as I read this, the Lord is my shepherd, man, what a statement, but He's my shepherd. I've made reference to this time and time again, but it's just there are certain visual images that you just can't get out of your head. And I remember for the first time watching a skit by a group of guys and they were illustrating my favorite Bible story. Peter has just denied the Lord three different times and he goes and he weeps. And as he is resurrecting, he said, the Bible says, go tell my disciples and Peter. And Peter runs to the, to the uh, situation, and as you go and you fast-track a little bit, you find in that skit that Jesus and Peter are standing there, and he says, feed my sheep. And there's a little humor to it. And at the very last time that he says that, he looks and he says, I don't deserve to. I don't deserve to. And he goes on and he begins to talk about all the things that he had done. And Lord, I denied you. And they were, they were asking me if I knew you. And I said, I didn't know you and I don't deserve to. The man stops Peter and he says, listen, Peter, that's grace. I don't know about you, but as I come to Psalm 23 and I look and I read this, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't know about you, but there have been so many times in my own personal life where I failed the Lord. And I thought, you know what? The Lord's done with me. 
But I don't know about you personally, but there have been times whenever as I was in that little pity party and I was tipped over like a sheep. Just so the Lord, through the preaching of God's word or through just reading the scriptures, the Lord began to tip me back over and began to help the sheep. That's my shepherd. You see, you've come to the house of God this evening and you have some needs. And I wonder, as you read this statement, all the days of my life, can I share with you that the Lord has already provided all the days of your life? He's numbered those days. The provision of your life has already been planned. And as you begin to think about that, in the passing of the days that we made reference to in Psalm 90, there's going to come a time in your life when there's no more and you pass into eternity. And so what are the plan for the rest of your days that you have? All the days of my life. As you go and you, you might say, oh, I'm just going to kind of go along with it, just see what kind of happens. No, be, be intent to serve the Lord the rest of the days of your life. And don't just say, oh, I'm going to fly by the seat of my britches and just see what happens and where life takes me. No, don't wait for life to take you somewhere. Yield your life to the Lord and say, Lord, you take me somewhere. All the rest of the days of your life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As you come to Psalm 90 and Psalm 23 and you look at life and you think about your own personal life, there's so much that might cross through your mind. You might think back on your life. And you might look back on your life and you say, man, there are so many days that I waste. That may be true, so don't waste any more. You might look back in your life and you might say, man, there were so many wonderful times when the Lord was dealing with me. That might be true, so let there be more wonderful memories. Serve the Lord. All the days of my life. As you come to Psalm 90 and it says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. As you begin to think about our personal life and you think about the time that you've been given, you you see, you're not the source of that time. That's the great thing about it. I love whenever you've kind of got an extension cord or a a plug-in and you're looking for that outlet. Why? Because it's the source that needs to be plugged into Could I encourage you, some of you might have been plugging into the wrong source lately. You've been plugging into the the, the world and all the things that you think the world might provide. And all the while, the Lord is saying, there's all these many voices, but you're not listening to my voice. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. As you begin to think about that, I shall not want... He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I wonder tonight, you say, oh yes, uh, that's wonderful. I love Psalm 23. I close with this, and this is the question. Who is the Lord to you? You say, that's a simple question. The longer you think about it, it's not so simple. Who is the Lord to you? You see, to some, the Lord is just a lifeline whenever they need Him. To some, the Lord is just a a source of finances whenever they need some financial help. To some, the Lord is just a a key whenever they need a door to be opened. But I wonder, I don't know about you, but I pray, as I ask myself this question, who is the Lord to me? 
I pray that it truly would start with this. The Lord is my shepherd. And everything else begins to flow out of that. The Lord is my shepherd. So he guides me. He provides for me. He comforts me. He prepares me. He shows me. He reveals to me all of the many things all the rest of the days of my life. There are so many lives that have, that have come and gone. And there are some that on their deathbed, they look back and they say, very simply, I wish I would have done more. At the end of my life, as I'm on my deathbed, I want to look back and say, I gave it all I had. All the days of my life. Can I ask you this question one more time? Who is the Lord to you? The Lord is my shepherd. Say it with confidence. The Lord is my shepherd. Don't just, don't just walk around, yeah, the Lord's my shepherd. No, 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 no. The Lord's my shepherd. My shepherd. Like a, like a proud child who is watching their parent do something. That's my daddy. That's my daddy. Yeah, go daddy. No, no. That's my shepherd. God is my shepherd. Who is the Lord to you tonight? Could I encourage you, if you're thankful for him, come and show that tonight as we spend some time in prayer at this altar. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, we thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, I thank you for the wonderful shepherd that you are. Lord, far too often many of us are listening to voices, but we're not listening to your voice. And I wonder tonight if there would be some who would recognize that and say, yes, I've been listening to quite a few voices, but I don't know that I've been really listening to your voice, Lord. If they would acknowledge that and get it right with you and spend some time acknowledging you this evening. I pray that you would help us and guide us be with this invitation. And we'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.